That's who we're talking about today, the Holy Spirit. So we're going to open up to Luke chapter 3, verse 7. The Holy Spirit. You've got to remember the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's him. You know, it's, it's like it's Father, God the Father, God the Son, and then it's it. You know, it's not that way. It's the Holy Spirit, the Counselor, hallelujah, the promise from the Father. As Christians, we have awesome authority and power. I want us to get a revelation today because we talk about it all the time and we hear sermons and and messages being preached all the time on the authority and the power that, that we have and yet we're not doing much about it. It's like having the tools right in front of you but not knowing how to use them. Not understanding what, what they're meant for. The Holy Spirit is meant to equip us to go forth in power and in authority. It's the Holy Spirit, He's meant to counsel us, to mentor us, to guide us. The Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, breathe in this place. <sighs> Holy Spirit, breathe in this place. Breathe a new life in this place. Everybody say with me, breathe. Breathe. Holy Spirit, breathe. New life in this place. Let's read Luke 3, 7. Here we have John the Baptist. He's preparing the way. He says, John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. We were talking about uh, fruit a couple weeks ago, weren't we? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce fruit, that does not produce good fruit, will be cut down and thrown into the fire. That is scary. Come on. Is that scary? What should we do then, the crowd asked. John answered, The man with two tunics should share with him who has none, and the one who has food should do the same. The tax collectors also came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Christ. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but the one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. With the Holy Spirit and with fire. That is amazing. You know, some people say, I've been baptized. You know, oh, I believe in God. I I was baptized. You're baptized in water. You see? Like Pastor Joe always says, you can baptize a pig, right? You can put a suit on him, and you can spray a little cologne on him, dip him in some water, but when he comes up, the pig is still a pig. 
Amen? See, something has to happen inside of us. And John understood this. John the Baptist understood that there had to be something more. Other than this outward look, outward symbol, there had to be something more. And that was Jesus Christ who was coming to baptize us with what? Holy Spirit and what? And fire. With Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, and with fire. Something needs to be washed and cleansed inside of us. When we accept, when we truly believe that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, when we believe something happens, not on the outside, but on the inside first, right? When you first came to believe in Jesus Christ, right? Something happened on the inside first. You might have been at an altar and something happened on the inside. Something was birthed inside of you on the inside and then came the outward change. And then came the, the actions, the different actions, and you begin to act like Christ. And the world around you saw that. That's because something had to happen on the inside first. I've met so many people who've been baptized in water and look so much like the world because something did not happen on the inside. The Holy Spirit is here to counsel us, to push us. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. The Holy Spirit comes and shows us the way. I thank God for the Holy Spirit, and I pray that you would never forget that the Holy Spirit is with you at all times. It is the promise of the Father. Amen? Amen. We're going to read some scriptures talking about the Holy Spirit. We turn to John 14:16. Here's Jesus saying, or you could just put it up on the screen for them. He says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. You probably won't be able to keep up, so I'm just going to read them. You guys trust me? Okay, it says, John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. John 14, 26, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. John 15, 26, when the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father. He will testify about me, and you must also testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Now we're going to turn to John 16, 5 through 16, and I'm going to get to it, and I just want you guys to hear these scriptures and understand and get to know who the Holy Spirit really is and what the purpose of this promise was. It says, Now I am going to, send, I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because, because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going, that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt. Of what? He will convict the world of what? Of guilt in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world, no, what does that say? Now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you. More than you can now bear, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Everybody say all truth all truth he will not speak on his own he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come he will bring glory to me by taking from taking from what is mine making it known to you all that belongs to the father is mine 
That is why I said to the Spirit, that is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. In a little while you will see me no more, and that after a little while you will see me. Amen. You guys, we're learning about the Spirit. What does this mean? The Spirit is here for us to equip us, to show us truth, to convict us of sin. The Holy Spirit is constantly at work in us. And it, it's not the Holy Spirit just the day that, you, that you, you opened your eyes to see that He was actually there. Let me tell you something. The Spirit is at work in all things all the time. Amen? Amen. I have a professor, and I, I love this professor, and she, she shared her testimony with us and telling us how, how she grew up as a Mormon. Okay? And she just remembers her father loving God. Her father sitting in a room just worshiping God. And, and we all understand that, that Mormons are, are a cult, right? And just worshiping God. And one day he just got filled and he got baptized with the Holy Spirit. A Mormon, all right? A Mormon. And, and here goes, he gets baptized with the Holy Spirit and he just is loving God. And, and then his church denies him. Denies, yes, denies him, her father denies him and says, no, you know, we don't accept that here. So he goes, and for a long time they were, they were without a church, and, and all of a sudden he's on a boat, and he gets stranded out, he gets stranded out there, and, and another boat comes by and picks him up, and, and guess who it was? It was a man of God. It was a man of God who came, who picked him up, and explained him the right way, explained to him the way of Jesus Christ. The Spirit is at work in all things. Amen? The Spirit is at work in a Mormon's life, in a Muslim's life, in a Christian's life, in a Catholic's life. The Spirit is at work. See, what we see with, the, with our eyes, what we see in the physical, we don't understand in the spiritual. The Spirit is at work in all things. Everybody say, all things. Here we go. The Spirit is given to be with us forever, to remind us of everything Jesus said, to teach us all things, to testify about Him so that we also may testify. Everybody say, we also may testify to convict the world of guilt. Everybody say, to convict the world of guilt in regards to sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Spirit of God is a promise. The Spirit of God is a promise to us. And this promise God sent to equip us to make sure that we stay on the right path because without him, we can do absolutely nothing. Without acknowledging that we need him and that he is actually walking with us every single day, we cannot truly walk in truth. We cannot truly be convicted of the sin in our lives if we are not walking with him. What do you mean walking with him? Understanding that he is there. Praying constantly, continuously walking with him, reading your word and studying more and more about God, the real God, not the God that we've made up in our own minds. You know, well, my God doesn't judge anymore, and there is no wrath. My God is a loving God. No, this right here is the true God. This is the word of God. This is what we do. We, we study and we read and we learn more about him and we pray. And through prayer we get to know him and we get to know his character. And the Spirit guides us. The Spirit of truth guides us. Amen? Amen. And then what happens? So Jesus is here, and he's, he's telling them of what's to come in the promise. And he leaves, and the day of Pentecost comes. Right? Let's turn to Acts 1.8. These are the words of Jesus Christ. 
but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. Woo, they gave me the chills. And to the ends of the earth. All right, and so here comes Acts 2, 1 through 4. I think I need to put, you need to put this one up for me, unless I have it. Acts 2, 1 through 4, here comes the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. And the Spirit enabled them. Hallelujah. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. All of them and began to speak boldly. This is for all of us. Not the spiritually elite, not the leaders, not just the pastors, the evangelists and all that. We praise God for those men and women of God. Amen. We praise God, but this is for everyone. This is for you, Monique, for you, Jared, for you, Jessica and Nellie. This is for you, Cynthia. This is for all of us to be his witnesses to the end of this world. Amen. This is for all who believe we are called. Let me tell you something. We are called. We are chosen. We are picked. God said, I want this one. I want this one. Fill her up. Fill him up. Fill her up. Fill him up. I want this one. I want this one, and it's not just to, to have a nice, pretty tongue so we can sing in the Spirit at all times. Amen? When the Holy Spirit comes and He fills you up, it's for power. It's for authority. Lock yourselves in a room one day, start speaking in tongues. You'll have the desire to go out and preach the gospel, let me tell you. Lock yourselves in the room, start speaking in tongues, start praying in the Spirit, start reading your words, start studying, and you'll have a desire to do mighty things for God. And you tell that devil in the name of Jesus Christ to leave you alone because you are going to fulfill that call in your life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is here to equip you, to push you, to take you to places you never thought possible. And if you're in this room and you don't know what I'm talking about, let me tell you, the Spirit is at work in your life. The Spirit is calling you to this place. The Spirit is telling you, go. You have talents. You have resources. And I am telling you to go forth and use them, Nellie. He is telling you to go forth and use them. I'm telling you, sister. He is telling you to go forth and use them. It's, every, it's whoever makes themselves available. Make yourself available for the Spirit to use you. As we read and we study scripture, we understand that, that the, the filling, the Holy Spirit coming upon someone came after the laying on of hands came after hearing the word of God being preached. Let me tell you, you can get filled in your very own bathroom. That's what happened to me. You can get filled praying in your car. You can get filled praying, I don't know where, at work, wherever you want. You can feel Jesus. You can experience him. The Holy Spirit is with you wherever you go. See, when Jesus Christ got baptized, he received the Spirit. And what happened? He was tempted. He was, he was gone. Where did he go? He went to, to the desert, right, to the mountain, and he was tempted by the devil, and he was able to endure by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand that? When Peter got baptized, he preached to 3,000 people, and they got saved. Do you understand that, what that means? Peter, before receiving the Spirit, denied Jesus Christ three times. He denied him three times upon receiving the Holy Spirit. He preached with boldness, and people got saved. 
See, what happens when you try to do this walk on your own is you begin to fall and you fail. You begin to, to rely on your own power, but it's not about us. It's all about him. Amen? Amen. All right? So he preaches to 3,000 and they get saved. It's power that comes upon I want you guys to receive that power today. It's not we're being greedy. We're using this power, this anointing, this authority that God wants to pour out into our lives so that we can bring glory to his name. For that boldness to come inside of us right in here, to walk into Starbucks and preach to the workers, to walk into a Target, to walk into a McDonald's and tell them what it's what it's all about. Tell them what this life is all about. Tell them about Jesus Christ being our Lord and Savior. Going to a Muslim community and telling them Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Amen. This life is not about us, and we're not living it on our own. We understand that? Reading Acts is a beautiful thing. I want you guys to read the book of Acts this week. I want you to study it. All right? These are men and women just like you and I. You know, they are not something higher than us. They are not holier than us. They are men and women who made themselves available for God to use them. As we read, if we turn to Acts 6, we, we read about Stephen. And I love Stephen because he was chosen. See, when you begin to do ministry, you begin to get busy with all types of things. Things you didn't even think you needed to do. Clean the bathrooms, you know what I'm saying? Do rides. You probably, you probably didn't think that's what it was all about, right? Clean the church. And so the disciples found out that it was taking too much time to distribute the food. And they didn't want to take up the time to distribute food and that from that time to take away from the preaching of the gospel. So they assigned they, the choosing of the seven. They assigned seven men this task. Men who were anointed, men who loved God, who feared God, to do this. Okay, let's read it. Let's actually turn there. Okay. In those days when the number of the disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among, among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in their daily dis- distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the, mis- the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men among you who are known to be full of the what? To be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give, them, give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group, and they chose Stephen, a man full of what? Faith and the Holy Spirit. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. See, a lot of times we can walk into the church and we can be like, man, like, I have this gift, you know, I, I'm anointed, I know God has this calling in my life. And, and you come into a church and be like, oh, you want to help out? Can you um, do cafe? Can you do nursery? You know what I'm saying? Can you clean the bathroom for us? Can you uh, go clean the shed? It's a mess, you know? And, and people can be like, man, that's, that's not what I'm called to do. I'm called to be on stage. I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called, you know, to preach the word of God. And, and here this man full of the Holy Spirit and faith is called to wait on tables. See, he's called to be a deacon. The Greek word for wait on is deacon. See, it's not some fancy title. It's to wait on people. And they chose this man who is gifted to wait on tables. I think that's beautiful. I think that is amazing. 
Because, you know, I'm sure he did it with joy. And let me tell you, we keep reading about Stephen being filled with the Holy Spirit, preaching the gospel, preaching to people around him. Not only preaches one time, but he gets stoned and he gets killed because of his faith. A man full of the Spirit. He, was, he could have said, well, you know what? I'm not, a, I'm not a pastor. I'm not one of the disciples. I'm not leading. I don't have to preach. But you know what? He was a man full of faith in who? In God. Filled of the Spirit, of the power, being led by the Spirit. I think that is amazing, and I think that's something that someone needs to receive that today. Just because you might be, you know, cleaning up and taking the garbage out does not mean that God is not going to use you. He is going to use you like mighty ways like you never thought. He is going to use you. Everybody say, he's going to use me. One more time, he's going to use me. He is going to use you if you make yourself available. Open up your eyes to see that you are precious in the eyes of God, that you are valuable in the eyes of God. He is going to use you. The promised Holy Spirit is here. The promised Holy Spirit is for you. After studying scriptures, we, we found that the only time that, that someone does not receive the Holy Spirit is because of sin in their life. I remember we were in class one time and we were trying to debate this. And, and we came down to it that the only time in the Bible when someone in Acts, when someone does not receive the Holy Spirit is because of sin. Let's turn to Acts 8.20. Here's Peter talking to Simon the sorcerer. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps, everybody say perhaps. Perhaps he will forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. If there's sin in your life, do not even expect anything. If there's sin in your life and you say, man, I want to feel what, what my neighbor is feeling and I want to know what it is to know this God, let go, understand, come to God, but he's going to wash you of that sin. But if you hold on to that sin, you are not going to feel him. You are not going to know him because there is a wall between you and him. And you're the one who's placed that wall there. You're the one who's allowing that wall to stay there and for you to, to stop receiving the spiritual blessings that he wants to pour out on you. See, the Word of God says that He's going to pour out every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms unto you. But if that wall is there, do not even expect anything. It is a promise from God. It is a gift from God. And I challenge all of you to receive it today, to stop doubting. See, when I came to God, I doubted. It wasn't sin in my life, but I did doubt. And maybe that's not biblical, but I know what was in my life. And I know that I doubted that it was for me. And that stopped me from going forth. That stopped me from receiving this. The, the beautiful gift that God wants to pour out unto us. So if you're doubting, and definitely if there's fear in your life, do not expect anything. Spend this time up here repenting of your sins and asking God to forgive you. Because perhaps, no, I'm just kidding. He will forgive you. He will forgive you. He's a loving God. Amen? Here's the thing. This is a war, guys. This is a battle. Every day when we walk into this world and when we step outside our doors, it's not about, oh, I'm just going to work or I'm going to hang out with some friends. No, 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 no. Every single day is a chance 
is an opportunity to share the word of God, to, to worship unto the Lord through our actions. Be led by the Spirit. Who knows, maybe you could preach to 3,000 tomorrow and they can get saved. Why not, right? Why not? I want my girls to come up here right now. And we're going to spend some time in prayer. We're going to worship God. And we're going to lay hands on you. And if you've been baptized and you've been filled, you're sanctified, just receive. Receive more. Ask God for more. Cry out to God. Worship Him. If all you can say is, God, I love you, then that's all you have to say. God, I need you. That's all you have to say. Come on. I want you guys to get up to your feet and join me up here at the front. We're going to pray, and then we're going to break out into small groups. and preach the gospel and he is surely with you to the end of age he is with us he is with us he is with us hallelujah jesus we thank you dear god that you don't send us out dear god on our own we thank you jesus that you are with us oh god that you are working with us that we are co-laborers with you holy spirit we thank you we thank you for giving us the words to speak when times get hard we thank you for giving us the boldness oh god We thank you, dear God, that we can do things with you that we never thought possible. We thank you, oh God, that you are leading so many of us, dear God, in this place to go forth and preach the gospel to other nations, God. We thank you, dear God, for the for the prophets in this place. We thank you, dear God, for the evangelists, oh God, for the pastors and the teachers that you are raising up in this place. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would teach them, that you would bring all truth unto them, that you would convict them of sin, oh God, that you would judge this congregation, dear God, of sin. Oh God, Holy Spirit, have your way right now as we begin to worship you. I pray, dear God, that you would fill us up, dear God, to overflowing. Oh God, fill us up, oh Lord. Fill us up, oh God. Everybody say, fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Come on. At the top of your lungs, tell him, fill me up, Lord. Come on. Baptize us, oh God. Baptize us, oh Lord. 